stone. Help me off of this ledge I'm on. And we are live. Got Whiskey Myers in the head today on Living the Guide Life podcast. A little more money. And uh, it's about time to get out. Get in your boat, man. Crappies are starting to bite hot and heavier in Minnesota. The ice is pushing away. And I'm about to jump on the boat here pretty soon. Go try to catch some crappies, a little deep fry, fish fry. You know the drill. And we are brought to you by Chasing Fowl Outfitters. Come hunt with us, man. It'll be a good year. We're going to have a lot of fun. And uh, I want to meet all y'all. So I'm excited. Got some new territory that we're going to be running. And it's just going to be fun, man. We're going to have a really good time. And I hope I can see you guys there. So today's episode is with Mr. Trevor Bennett. And a well-known guide. Runs and guns from Canada to Texas to Washington to Arkansas. I mean, just South Dakota. Everything about it. He's just the real deal, holy field. He gets up there, chases snows. I don't know how he does it every day in the season. I mean, just setting spreads left and right. It's just dealing with all that mud. Hey, he's a grinder, I'm going to tell you that. And it was fun to chat with him, and we have a lot of fun on this one. So I know you guys are going to enjoy this one, and you've been waiting on some of the things that have been going around Instagram. We kind of dig into that as well, so... This is where it is. Listen up. Enjoy. And we are live with Living the Guide Life today. And we have Trevor Benedon, who currently works at Crooked Wing Outfitters, Dirty Bird Outfitters, and Black Duck Waterfall. Um, has been a part of some of the Slade Northwest films and is just an all-around, real-deal, grinding guy that just chases them all over the country. So, Trevor, how you doing? Not bad, not bad. Just got back in from the morning. And, uh, pretty good pretty good run. Yeah? Yeah, been a good run. We're done for the, for the season running clients now. So, okay. um, we're just buddy hunting for a week or two here waiting out some weather and see where it takes us after that absolutely man and you usually go to canada in the spring don't you if it's open um i've only actually made it up there one time um okay. that was with this like two years ago and then obviously it's been a plan to go every other spring um on a normal world it usually works yeah how's the guiding been this year uh, it's been a crazy year, but um, I don't know. I tried to fill it up the best I could. I went out and worked in Washington um, with some of my buddies out there in Moses Lake. Yep. That took up a pretty good chunk before Texas. And then Texas was unreal with Kirk and Wing. That was my first year with those guys down there. And yeah, there's, I don't know, pretty top notch. It's people you work for down there and people you work with are one in a million. That's for damn sure. Yeah, absolutely. And then you guys got a big snowstorm in Arkansas as well. What was that all about? Yeah, that was crazy. Uh, we kind of saw it coming in the forecast, but weren't really sure if we could even get hunters in. Um, that was kind of the, the biggest scare. We weren't sure whether there was going to be birds, um, if they were going to go south of us, or they were going to get stuck there, or what happened. Um, but 
don't know, it worked out pretty good. We had some pretty damn good shoots in that snow. It was just made everything like Arkansas instead of the mud it was ice. We were using our torch and stuff to thaw out the ice in between the, the bogey wheels on the track. So it's like, uh, <laughs> all right, go buy a torch and a snow shovel. Those aren't very easy things to find in Arkansas. Well, I can imagine. Yeah, it looks like you guys shot them up in the snow pretty good. Like, yeah, it... we had we had two good days. They were back to back. Nick Nick had some freaking some big ones this year. Um, it was I mean it was it was once in a lifetime thing I guess to watch the adults do what they did. I mean, yeah, flying like juvies. Oh, I heard that. Was it snowing pretty hard and they just couldn't see? And they were just coming to the sound, or what was that all about? It was birds were lined up on the levees because that was the only place that they could get food. I mean, it was uh-huh. 18 inches of snow, so like radish fields and stuff like that. Anything that was up on top of the um, snow was where they were at. So they were pretty limited. Like, I mean, you could pull up next to them 40 yards away on the side of the road and be eating ditch grass and like not even care. Huh. They look at you like, please don't shoot me, or do I don't care. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it seems it was, uh, it was wild. The, the biggest, I mean, obviously the biggest obstacle with that was trying to get around. I mean, snow plows like seeing a unicorn in Arkansas. So, yeah. Yeah, no kidding. And are you guys running full bodies or like socks for that for Arkansas? And a little mix During of that snow, We ran a lot of full bodies just because we were laying them straight on top of the snow. Everything was so frozen. Yeah. Uh, you couldn't get shit in the ground, so we were just setting them right on top of the snow. The geese did not give a shit about anything. Yeah. Like, it was it was dumb. There was one flock that we had come in, probably, like, the best flock we had do it. Like, oh, 15, 20, hit the dirt. <laughs> it was like, the e-collar wasn't even on the first time they came over the trees. I was, like, hooking it up. I was like, what the hell? And they came in at first light, like, adults, like, right at the buzzer. And I was like, uh... Okay, got in the blind, and then they came in, freaking did it right, chucked shit out of them. I was like, uh, man, this is going to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. And then you had the Slade Northwest guys come down and hunt with you as well. Yeah, um, we had a typical mix-up with a farmer who didn't actually give permission to someone else, and they thought they did, and we pulled into the field without knowing any better whether it was true or not, and we weren't going to mess around, so we just went to another field. Yeah. Uh, and birds came across the trees, shortstop this one field. So we got screwed the first day. Um, maybe we shot like 50 to 50 the second day or something with them, but um, it was good for them to see the, the grind better than just going down there and shooting 400 yeah. freaking four days, you know? <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I watched the film. That was such an awesome film Mather does a great job on that um, yeah he's uh he's one of the best that's for sure yeah he's a cool dude i actually am gonna go talk to him i'm gonna have him on and uh kind of hear his perspective of not being a hunter but filming hunts and all that kind of stuff so it'll be cool to talk to him yeah coolest thing about Mather is that he got to start and just doing regular filmmaking like he's got a um he's got a uh a film out it's on i think it's on amazon um i forget what it's called but it's about like train riders you know like yeah 
junk junk train cars and ride and stuff like that him and a buddy with with just little dslr cameras and went and made a film for like 60 days or something i don't know if any of all those facts are true there but uh when you talk to mather bring that one up it's a that's yeah like i mean you'll watch it and it's the most changing thing you've ever seen so yeah pretty damn good and then obviously all the slate northwest stuff you guys seen that is pretty pretty crazy it's also a good story yeah Oh, absolutely. I want to hear your story on how you got into guiding and traveling to all these different places. I mean, getting set up to guide in Texas, Arkansas, Washington. How'd that all start yeah. up? Um, so I was in um, college in Washington, and I had met the Pacific Calls guys a few years before that, or like 16, I think. Okay. Um, when I met Trevor, 15 or something, uh, they came down and hunted with me there, and so we kind of like, had a good, good connection. And um, I went and started helping Honk Somper out there in Most Lake, and um, kind of just was like, "This is the, this is the jam. Like, this is cool as shit." And kind of figured out that okay, I'm not gonna be able to make enough money just working here. Um, and then I kind of got into that like film photography stuff for about a year and a half. And then I was like, man, I can't do this anymore. Like, I can't be behind the camera. Yeah. I got to be, like, I got to be calling the shots. I got to be, I can't sit second fiddle and just watch everyone screw shit up when I know better, you know? <laughs> yeah. um, so I uh, I talked to a Snow Goose outfit down south and um, showed up there and ran for like 30 days or something with Jake Whiteman mm. and that, that crazy juvie year. And so it was kind of like, yeah, how do you not enjoy this, you know? Yeah. Um, and then kind of found my, my love and hate for snow geese. And they didn't really, really know much. I mean, I didn't know shit when I went down there that first year. And we still shot the shit out of them. Um, Jake's obviously been doing it since he was 14. So that was kind of the knowledge and, and the killing there. But I was just, you know, putting decoys out and learning the game. And um, I was like, dude, I got to. I gotta do this all the time, so I quit that that film stuff. I was working for a UFC fighter, oh, wow. and uh, I quit that and just try to get as many guide jobs as I could. Just you know, Canada, Washington, and ran there for a year, and then went back down to Arkansas. Um, and then that's that same year that Nick Costas and I went up to Canada for two weeks just by ourselves. Yeah. Um, and then. Yeah, running with Crooked Wing now, so it's Canada at the start, um, Black Ducks, September, and then um, we'll go down to Washington for a month um, if the border opens normal. Um, yeah. Go down to Washington for a month, and then down to Texas again with Crooked Wing, Arkansas. Um, I ran in South Dakota this last fall, or last fall, this last spring. Um, we actually just got back from there two days ago, um, and we were on the migrator spread there. That was that was an experience. We showed up in the pit, had two feet of snow over the top of it. So, you know, a good six total. We had to dig out. Um, the snow drift decided to to find the the pit. So <laughs> it was a good good change of pace of what we thought we were gonna walk into, of uh, being able to just go sit in the pit and shoot geese. Yeah. Instead we had to go throw five thousand socks on a freaking hilltop in an A frame. For two days and then pick it up because a huge storm was coming through so we threw all those decoys picked them all up and then had to go set the other pit on full bodies and Jeez. it was 
it, it felt like I was like I was guide hand my first year in Arkansas. Like I was freaking run down. But yeah, that was with that was with Jake Whiteman and and that was that was a cool experience to be able to go up there and pull those birds from and we will see them in the binoculars and be like, all right, here they come. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was just straight down. Yeah. It's something else watching those migrators drop. I was hunting down South Dakota as well. Um, over with the Northern Skies guys. And it was sweet watching those guys break down migrators from way up. Like, yeah, yeah. It's an art. Um and uh and to watch Jake do it this year. I was like, dude, this guy I don't know how he was telling him from all the way up there to come right here. Yeah. But yeah, he guys ever get the the chance to hunt with jake or anything like that jake whiteman it's a true true good experience that's for damn sure yeah absolutely and i mean like you're saying you felt like a guide hand i mean chasing feeds down in arkansas that's a lot of work like what oh yeah like how do you handle all that what's kind of your go-to are you drinking a lot of monsters or (laughs) how do you get all that stuff done definitely a red bull kind of guy yeah. um i don't know we got we got two guys that i really work with me um charlie fox was down there with me this last spring and that was like the weight off my shoulders it was I mean, without without one good guy to go to every single time like you're screwed yeah you won't get <laughs> start ripping everyone's heads off if you don't get yours ripped off first <laughs> oh yeah yeah i mean like you guys are just absolutely grinding out there in arkansas yeah yeah i know i guess for some of us as you can see there is no i mean it's not easy by any means yeah. but there is no it's like okay yeah we gotta do it go yeah and then there's ones who are like man this sucks i don't want to do that and they are the ones that don't really make it back the next season yeah no absolutely but, there's a select breed of people that should be down there doing it, and there's a lot of people down there doing it that should be doing it. Yeah. But they weed themselves out pretty quick. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, is there just do you run into a lot of outfitters where you're at, and then just see a lot of just dumb spreads that people just don't want to put the work in, so they'll just kind of throw just just something random out. I mean, to be real honest with you, the last years with all these freaking youtube videos on learning how to hunt without even having to go and put a decoy in the ground and learning by yourself yeah like a lot of spreads have gotten quite a bit better but i mean you used to see spray painted white duck decoys just laying out in the, the field it'd be like 500 of them just laying next to a ditch and it's like <laughs> dude i mean the thing is is like they probably killed some some <laughs> dumb young geese over it one day and they're like, oh, this shit works. It's like, well, not anymore. It doesn't. <laughs> oh, dude, that's that's something else. I mean, snow geese. I've heard stories of people throwing like trash bags out and just running trash bags and killing them over on way back when. But there's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Some of the weird shit you see while uh, hunting is just different. Yeah. Yeah. Location, pressure, all that stuff. I mean, <clears throat> if you went up. If you went north of the tree line and set up like ten trash bags on a stake, you'd, you'd probably shoot like fifteen, twenty geese. And, like <laughs> they don't care, you know. But down here, 
it doesn't matter what type of full body you have. They're fucking like, dude, no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, Gone. I've heard that, like, the snow geese, once they cross the border, they just get dumb and they get in there, like, their breeding mindset of they just want to. It's not them. like. It's not like the second they cross the line, but the pressure stops. Yeah. And once the, you know, northern North Dakota, it really slows down and then it goes. But every, a lot of the pressure that that most people don't really, like, understand is, like, <clears throat> those are the front-runner birds. And those ones are getting out there. And so once they're, like, scared flying through the U.S., and then they get across the border, you know, they start getting in the top scene spreads all day. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, we're good. Yeah. But, I mean. I don't think about these geese flying so high off the roost all the time because shit, like they might accidentally fly over the top of a spread. Yeah. <laughs> Not even know it. Like shit. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Do a lot of uh locals hunt snow geese up there in the spring or uh, did you run into anybody up there when you went up? We ran into one other outfitter and he was not very nice to us when we pulled up on the side of the road. So we turned around and we're not very nice back to him yep. and kind of make his life a living hell. Um, <laughs> and like, you know, kind of the, the idea we had on it was like he, we weren't hurting anything. Yeah. We were on the same group of birds. We already had permission. He found it after us. Yeah. And it was like, go on, you know, like happens. He's like, you American, <laughs> you know, you know, and it's just like, okay dude and because uh, it's about like 60 the next day just two of us three shells like that's awesome he yeah. had a car parked on the corner of the road the whole time just watching us it was like this got hurt oh of course dude i've i mean i've ran into people like that in minnesota just goose hunting it was like they can't get permission to a field so they'll just go park on the side of the road and just watch yeah I'm like, like dude go on go find something else yeah dude the point <laughs> the funniest thing was we had two kids that couldn't hunt our field and they're like i don't know 17 or whatnot and one of the afternoons we pull up and they're sitting in the ditch trying to shoot them while they're flying over the road and i was like you know i was like there's no way this is like really happening and i'm like guys you gotta leave like you gotta figure shit out man <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no no um there's there's no not a lot of people um up in canada i mean in the falls i mean yeah there's a lot of people but there's a lot of birds too yeah. so you get on a group of birds there's a lot of people you know when you go outside of the the biggest roost right there where everyone goes and watches the birds fly out like yeah you're probably gonna get on a good group of birds that you don't need to shoot yeah. you know you don't need to have 50k you know yeah oh absolutely i remember one of the videos i think you posted it of when you're asking permission and some guy had like a rifle up in canada yeah you remember that i was laughing my ass off when i saw that video with the rifle yeah when nick went up to ask and he had like a high-powered rifle right next to him or something oh that was barry dude <laughs> barry I don't know if I should talk about Barry too much, but <clears throat> Barry has a problem with trying to keep cranes out of his field with his high power rifle. <laughs> and we asked him, and he goes, I've been shooting at him for about a week now, and they keep coming back. We're like, okay, well, like, are we safe to hunt it tomorrow? 
and uh so he like takes us up shows us the field where to get in and all this stuff super nice guy yeah um and he pulls away and he's like yep have fun guys pulls away goes on the edge of this field freaking shoots at him again we're like dude (laughs) what are you doing stop (laughs) so we ended up hunting another one of his fields because they all got out of course that time we were gonna hunt it they didn't come back and so we watched it one more day and ended up going to the the pasture just south of it that they were kind of loafing on and got got some cranes but yeah yeah that's that's hilarious oh my god <laughs> just ripped them out nick and brian jenkins nick Costas and brian jenkins yeah. oh, oh my god. That's... that was a good time we we had a lot of fun up there those two weeks um we went all over the place we got some birds right there off the, right right away and then we went north and we found like I mean, we found all the lessers and like that was all any of us want to do is shoot lessers and snows and we were like all right go yeah and we got told no on 14 different fields mm. and i think it was like four or five days i could not get on one like we couldn't yeah. everyone the all the farmers were worried about club root and they were like, "You guys need to go buy new boots if you guys are even gonna haunt my shit." But we ain't deal. We ain't dealing with it. We're like, "Get it, farming. You don't have to let us hunt." But like, man, geese <laughs> <laughs> are transferring club root as we are. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's huh. Fair enough, I guess. Is like yeah. Canada hard to get permission out there, or are the people pretty lenient on certain areas? Um. For the most part, um, it's pretty easy, but I don't know. <clears throat> you get in the wrong area, and you won't get on a thing, like, just like I said. Um, I don't know. Um, sometimes, you know, you get outfitter-rich areas. It's really hard to get on land because they do, you know, you can build relationships with farmers up there, but you can't pay. So, obviously, you know, better off to go build a relationship and have that guy to where when people are running around, you might actually have some stuff that, you know, that farmer's going to say, nope, I got another guy that hunts it. But most of the time, everyone in Canada, like, that's the that's the big deal is, you know, someone else is going to hunt it before you are. They aren't really going to tell you no, no hunting. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. Tell me a little bit about uh, Washington and the hunting over there. Um, It's uh, that's a crazy world over there, man. That bird is a crazy, crazy bird. Yeah. Uh, like we've all got stuff for trailers and I think there's three stuff for trailers at the company I work for there. Um, and you talk to Trevor Austin and Austin Sandman yeah. and kind of, I, I don't even know if I listened to that one. Um, but <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a different world. Those geese, they get off the roost really, really scared. Um, I mean, there's, you can only hunt three days a week there, so obviously it doesn't take too long to figure figure out that okay, yeah, I'm gonna get shot here and then I'm gonna get shot back to back days. Yeah, I'm gonna wait a day and get shot again and then wait a day and then get shot back to back days. It's like okay, pick up on that cycle pretty quick. And um, I mean, we aren't the farthest south the lessers go there, um, but we, I mean, they don't really go too far south of us. Um, so we've got. You know, we get real stale birds real early right away. 
Um, but when they, when we get new birds, it's, it's a good time. Um, on a normal year, we get a lot of ducks. Uh, they shot ducks while I was in Texas this last year, Yeah. but Washington's cool. Um, me and Trevor, uh, me and Trevor Austin, we, I don't know. We shot the shit out of them this last year better than we ever have. Um, I mean, every day it was like, yep, done at nine o'clock and like, no question. And if you've hunted in Washington, you understand that um, pulling a lemon out of your ass isn't the easiest thing there. <laughs> More like killing one goose is a is a trophy. <laughs> yeah, but it's different. Um, there is no there is no chance to freelance Washington. You don't just get to go out and um, ask permission on a field like it's leased, and yeah, you're gonna get told no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I heard from uh, Austin and them, and they were just talking about that. It's It'd be pretty hard to freelance out there. Um, just you know, all the farmers got shit locked up. In the four years that I've done it, I think this last year, um, I don't know if I just surpassed another level in friendliness or how to ask permission, <laughs> but um, I, I met some pretty good farmers this last year in Washington that got us some a lot more ground that's really been has either been tied up on someone else or um and they're just tired of all the bull crap going on there or no one's ever hunted it just because you know the birds are, haven't really been on it for the past 10 years so yeah. no one goes and hunts it well now the birds are shifting around and you start talking to these farmers and stuff and actually get some good stuff lined up um but it's i don't know um you start learning a lot of different things when you leave the Pacific Flyway. Um, you're around a lot more hunters. You're around a lot more um, brains of just difference, you know, um, and learn to hunt them different ways. I know last year everyone's running stuffers and they didn't kill shit, and we shot 60, like, in an hour and a half over socks. And oh, I was like, geez. well, something different. <laughs> <laughs> kind of switch it up but, a little bit yeah yeah and that's where that's where a lot of those slate videos take place i mean it looks like it's a struggle it's like geez dude these birds look freaking horrible it's like oh trevor's awesome trevor austin's running uh pretty much you know most of those hunts yeah and dude it's <laughs> he's he's one of the best there is and He's getting his ass kicked, and there's just—I mean—you stand there with your hands tied behind your back. Some days you're like, "Calling doesn't work, flagging doesn't work, more decoys don't work, less decoys don't work, better decoys don't work." But, yeah, it's a wild world over there, but that's—I don't know—it's always uh, very refreshing to go down to Texas and hunt some of those birds. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm—I'm I'm with you. I mean, waterfall hunting—it just. You could be doing everything right, and for some reason, the birds just don't want to work, or like you do the slightest wrong thing, and they just might be totally flared off of you. So it's always yeah. a learning game. And I mean, with you yeah. traveling, ninety percent of the time we're trafficking those birds out in Washington. Yeah, uh, in Texas, we get, I don't know how much stuff we have leased out there, but I mean, we can pick an axe every day. Um, yeah. and we're hunting like right on the bead so it's it's pretty fun down there you show up and you're pretty much defending them like off of the flag so yeah 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, Texas is something else, man. I went down there for the first time this year, and it was crazy. I mean, the first two days is kind of rough, but, I mean, the last two when we really got into them, like, hunt lessers is sweet. They just yeah. come in such big wads, and they're just feet down ready to party. Yeah, one thing about lesser hunting is it'll get you to stop smoking cigarettes. <laughs> is that the truth? Why is that? Because you can't breathe if you do. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. Yeah, just uh, switch to the jewel or something. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know that stuff. Bubble lung. I don't want none of that. Yeah, I, I quit that stuff a while ago. I just couldn't do it anymore. Is, yep. It just beats up on you. You're running around all the time. Oof. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Um, sometimes you need one. I think I think I always got one somewhere in my pickup for uh, <laughs> like night drives back to the logs that you just like keep honking the horn with your forehead, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, so this was your first year down in Texas then? Uh, no. This will be my third year. Okay. Yeah. yeah. How did you choose Texas? How did I choose this? Yeah, I mean, over like Oklahoma uh, or anything else. Well, some of the people I kind of looked up to kind of always talked about Texas. Um, Dusty Brown, he's from Oregon, and he was kind of, he's one of the OGs down there. And when he, just watching him post stuff was just absolutely unreal. Um, it was like, dude, where is this? Yeah. Um, we did. We did good back home when I was growing up hunting, but like Washington was a small taste of it, you know, where you're shooting a big flock 30, 40 in the decoys and, you know, in Texas, 400, 500. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's nothing crazy to land a flock of 200 down there. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess just kind of the people I looked up to, um, I just kind of had to go. Once I went, I'm never not going back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's about the best place in the world. I just wish it wasn't 150 degrees every day in the summertime. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I'd probably end up there. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm with you. I mean, the waterfowl hunting down there is unbelievable. You can hunt cranes. You can hunt ducks. Everything, little, man. Like. This is amazing. Yeah. Crick Wing Ranch, I think they do. They felt like, I don't know how many freaking turkeys in eight days, but it's like my phone. I just get a Snapchat every day in the group chat. And it's like Jake kills one, and then Will kills one, and then Lee will kill one, and Ace will double, and then Hunter will kill two, and then Evan will kill one. It's like, dude, what in the <laughs> world? It's just crazy down there. But yeah, huge deer. I don't know. Crooked wing down there is unreal. Got it all. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I like you're saying. I mean, the heat in the summer, I couldn't do it. I I can't stand the heat. I mean, even in Minnesota, like, it'll get hot, but I like my winters too much, man. I like the yeah. cold. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the traveling south every time it gets 40 degrees. <laughs> That's kind of cool. Kind of got to pick my flight. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Got to work it around and then... Migrate with the birds. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's... That's a lot of fun. And then do you do some uh, other hunting besides waterfowl then as well? I know you're doing some um, bear hunting out west you are talking yeah, to me about last year. I had bear hunts um, in Idaho, I think, three years ago. I just did it for one season. Um, 
I just like taking other people, like taking my buddies out and stuff. Uh, people I meet on the road out here, like going and uh, showing them kind of what it's like out there in the mountains. And bear hunting's a damn good way to show it. Yeah. Uh, Snake River, the deepest canyon in North America. Or, yeah, it's the deepest canyon in North America. Um, and um, oh, my boss is here, actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh, nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, sorry, I lost my train of thought there. No worries. You going to be uh, doing some turkey on this year? No, you will not find me turkey hunting. No turkey hunting? Why is that? Uh, unless I have to as a farmer from somewhere and comes out and hunts with me. Uh, man, if there's a snow goose to be killed, I will not be wasting my time on turkeys. Yeah. No, I, I can get. <laughs> uh, I grew up with my dad hunting turkeys and we went balls to the wall and it was, it was a good time, but, um, I uh, kind of got burnt out. Yeah. I was shooting them with longbows and stuff at like five feet. And I was like, yeah, it's cool. Like, <laughs> and everyone's like, well, you got to come hunt them down here. And I'm like, I don't want to go hunt them down there. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hunt them. If I want to hunt them. I'll go hunt them. Or I can kill them really easy. Yeah, shoot them with a longbow at five feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we went. Seth uh, Vanderband. He's a big turkey guy, and he came out to Oregon last year with me. Uh, we drove up to Spokane, hunted with Trevor Austin, and like the first morning we were there, like just looked at Seth's face, and he's just mouth wide open, like what is going on? Like twenty toms just ripping off, and you know, hens going crazy and everything. He's just like, this is unreal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much where you go. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually had Seth on for an episode way early. And really? uh, we talked about um, waterfall hunting, of course, and then his turkey talk over in Michigan as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Seth, Seth is, uh, Seth, Seth. Yeah. He's got a, he's got big dreams, for sure. He's going to go places. He just needs to keep grinding, oh. pay his dues. Absolutely. But, yeah, he's uh he's one of the few that have the, the right mindset. So that's for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. And then uh, I kinda wanted to hear about what's going on all over social media and seeing some stuff. What's that about? Man, I don't know. I guess you gotta give credit where credit's due, but um fake it till you make it, but like don't make up lies that you know. You don't got to lie to make friends. Kind of what I say. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess some of the stuff I heard a 302 days by herself in the same place that she went on a guided hunt with. She went back door and then hunted, you know, and hmm. take me, please. I would love to go do that. Make that <laughs> shit sound easy. <laughs> 302 days. Is that 150 each day or is that a 200 and 100? Yeah. <laughs> gotta lay it out there you know yeah. there ain't yeah no it's bullshit that's kind of all it is and i don't think that it's good for the community i did a bash that but at the same time i think that um there shouldn't have been um the 
lies that were told, and I don't really need to go into those. Um, I know that person more than just what is what is shown, yeah. and uh, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of lies that get told on that little uh, stint there. Yeah, but you know, gotta do what you gotta do, I guess. To have people invite you on hunts. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. but uh, I don't know, man. That's a that's a big joke there. Fuck. Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I think I've heard that joke. A lot of heard some people. But I, yeah, I mean, I guess whatever you gotta do, you gotta do what you gotta do. Um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, if you work, you've never had a job other than working for your parents. So that's sweet. Like lucky but don't also like also don't say oh my parents don't pay for my truck well yeah they do <laughs> um, me and you have talked about them paying for your truck before so don't go on a podcast on a huge platform yeah. and say that they don't <laughs> you know it's just like just don't fucking say it at all just fucking stay in your lane Mm-hmm. No. And I don't know. I guess I had to be the asshole to do it, but I don't care. I'll be that asshole. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, I hear you on that. Somebody's gotta call people out sometimes. And, uh, yeah, you know, especially in the waterfall industry, dude. Like the amount of people that just bullshit around. I mean, I'm not dude. Dude, if there was, if there was like a waterfall mosh pit, and you just put like. 30 people out and just let everything fly like no one would make it out of the room everyone would be dead there'd be one person that's like crawling out with like half a leg you know like fuck we're like everyone is just like i mean i don't know it just seems like everyone you talk to is bitching about someone else bitching about someone else and it's like Mm -hmm. fuck it's just constant bitching no one can just be happy except the guys that aren't comparing themselves to anyone else and it's like fuck i don't post on social media with this shit anymore and it's because there's i don't care you know i'm fucking i'm running hunts every day we're killing it don't matter the more that you guys see what i'm doing the more that what i'm doing will end faster you know um all these tips and tricks that are getting thrown out like if you come hunt with me and you're gonna be filming like hey I'm gonna run it like you, like everyone else runs it. I ain't showing you my freaking secrets, dude. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. Stuff, stuff's getting, stuff's getting saturated so fast, um, and it sucks. But it's you know great for the hunting industry. Um, the growth of like some of these companies and stuff has been able to help me get farther. Um, yeah. You know, um, and you know I'm, I'm part of the problem. Like, yeah. Two, three years ago, I was posting every single day on social media, hyping this stuff. Hey, do this, do that. Hey, do this, do that. <laughs> and then it's like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> everyone everyone sees what you do. And, yeah. like, people are doing it. You know, if you say buy these decoys, people buy these decoys. Yeah. They blow these calls. People blow these calls. It's like, okay, um, <laughs> I'm going to keep this secret. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, I mean, you got such a huge Instagram following as well. Like, yeah, and I picked that up. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, my first year in Canada, my bosses were paying for followers and they were tagging me and stuff. And so my stuff was getting blown up, like all these weird random accounts. And I have all these things and then all these people followed me. And it was like, I had like 40,000 at one point. And then it went, like went back down to, to 2000 or something or 20,000. And then it's like, okay, well, like, it doesn't even make sense. Cause I don't understand what, like, it's like, 
I'll have like seven, 8,000 people see my stories. And it's like, well, what about the other 13,000? Like yeah. they just not see it or they just went on Instagram today. Like it don't make sense. But yeah, you know, you got to do it for the clout, right? Oh, Instagram absolutely. clout. Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, people no. love their Instagram clout. <laughs> no, it was a fun, it was a fun run, I guess, to just be communicating with people all the time now. But it's like shit, dude. Every every time anyone messages me now, it's just, hey, how do you do this? Hey, what's this? Hey, this, that, this, that. And it's like, dude, I don't want to tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to sit there and reply. Like I'm terrible at replying to my Instagram. But I don't know. It's good to good to at least connect with some people and see how some people are doing instead of being able to talk every day um i'm too busy to to text and say hey how'd you do today i can go and look on instagram and odds are they're going to be posting it so yeah but yeah i don't know weird weird change of pace in the last couple of years is social media yeah oh, absolutely. and like social media you can fake a lot of things um, just posting random shit and people believe Hell anything. Yeah. My first year of guiding snow geese, it probably looked like I was shooting the fuck out of them. I was like, no, dude. I'm putting decoys in the ground and then laying next to Jake and when he says cut them, I'm shooting. Yeah. You know, like I ain't riding coattails, but um, I definitely am not out there calling the fucking shots. And, you know, the next year I got thrown into the wolves and had to do that. Um, and, yeah, that was kind of my my open open road to that bullshit but yeah oh. yeah i heard that yeah yeah i don't know social media there's like there's pros and there's cons and i mean you get into some of the waterfall group chats on facebook and they blow up about everything and then yeah, I've not gotten on Facebook that snow goose migration. I hear stuff all the time. It's like, <laughs> holy shit. Yeah, I just love to peek in there sometimes and just see what people are posting. <laughs> I'm afraid that I'll see something that's so fucking stupid I can't bite my tongue. I'm just like, God. Oh, God, dude. And people will tear each other apart on there, too. Like, and it's just so, there'll be like, I mean, 50 replies off of one comment. And just people have nothing better to do. Go on Facebook. Dude, what's and... crazy? What's crazy about social media and like, I guess trolling people and shit like that is everyone's so fucking sensitive now that like anything they post, they're just basically putting it out there for someone to hopefully not bash on it, hopefully not <laughs> like downgrade this. Like, yeah, dude, people will comment on my videos and they're like, "Oh, you should have taken one spin more," and it's like. <laughs> You have no idea, dude. Shut up. Like, God. You don't understand that, yeah, there's already freaking 40 birds dead in the decoys. Like, yeah, I wish that they could, but no, that's the shot right there. Yeah. And also, you don't, you don't, the snow goose shot call is different, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you just... when, when you see them ball up right there and you watch 80 of them fall out, there's a reason that they fell out there that's the reason that we shot them at 40 mm -hmm. not 20 they'd have kept coming yeah oh exactly no good shot calls i mean you gotta really know what you're doing i mean to make it how it is because fuck i've seen people that don't know how to do shot calls and you'll never shoot a bird or whatnot but yeah i mean just gotta figure we'll it have, out we'll have snow goose spins that are like you know a couple minutes long but like 
you know, 45 seconds. That's that play video. 45 seconds of glory. It's like, dude, you don't get to practice that. You can practice that in decoys and change it. Yeah. But when you have a spin going, you get one chance to do it right. And you might never, ever do it right, you know? Yeah. Like, you might always jump the gun. And, like, I hunted with John Olsen for a week down there this year. And, like, I mean, fuck, dude, he's he's the best there is, like, no doubt. Yeah. And <laughs> it was like, oh, okay, yep, right there. Pick up! <laughs> And we're like, yeah, sick. <laughs> like that was not. But um, I mean, like even times when I'm sitting back there watching, like I'm, you know, kind of trying to see, like, oh, I, when I'd call it, when I'd call it. But like when I was hunting with him, it was like, nope, sit back and just fucking rip. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good time. But yeah, we we fun hunted for a week after the season together. Um, we only got on a couple hunts, three hunts or so, but we we shot the shit out of them. Four yeah. hunts, I think. But yeah, we shot the shit out of them. We have three of us on the last day. We shot like 85. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, we didn't even have a quarter of the birds come to us. They, we just shot into a couple spins. It was like, dude, if if there was six, seven guns there, it was like, God, dude, I don't know what <laughs> we could have done. Three, four hundred for sure. Yeah. Like, it was a yeah, it was a good one. But is how it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess some of the numbers that you see. Like some of the big shoots and stuff, it's like, oh, I killed, you know, 150 today. It's like, sweet. Well, like your 150, if like you were hunting with people who knew where to shoot, yeah. that 150 would be like a 400 or like a 350, you know, like yeah. it's different. And um, I mean, I don't know. We'll have, we'll have big groups with big groups of clients and stuff. And it's like, hell yeah. And it's like, yeah, dude, we shot 30 birds out of there. There's 24 people in the field. Like, <laughs> it looked cool, but it, it wasn't worth a fuck. You know, only two people in there killed everything. And it's like, damn. Uh, oh, dude, exactly. Like, having clients that can shoot, I mean, the trips that I made to go um, hunt with some different outfitters for the podcast. And, like, we'll be hunting with clients. There'll be, like, I don't know, 12 guys out there. And we'll knock out like I don't know, like six birds out of like a flock of fifteen. And I'm like, what are you guys shooting at? Like, uh, <laughs> damn, six six out of fifteen. That's pretty good, man. <laughs> Dude, I, had, I had a group. I had a group in Texas this year, and we shot into eighteen flocks, and ended up with five. Oh my god! And uh, we like. I paced off the decoys, you know, setting the spread the first time, and the wind was kind of janky, so I put them in 25 yards to the closest decoy, okay? Um, if you can't hit a goose at 30 yards, then, you know, like, okay, fuck. Yeah, go to the, go to the and, range and shoot. Yeah, and all these videos, like, the geese are going in and landing on, like, the first three rows of silos and, like, bouncing off of them. I'm like, all right, guys, shoot them. There's 10 on the ground. And like you can see like one guy's gun like a foot over this goose and he shoots and this goose just like just falls straight to the ground. Like doesn't crumple, doesn't act like it's hit or anything. It just floats to the ground and lays there. Yeah. And I'm like, what the hell? And uh, I send Sage to go pick it up and it flies off. I'm like, dude, there was eight people or something like that. And it was uh, it was terrible. Like I didn't have my gun and 
if I would have, <laughs> I would have killed my five the first two groups and been like, Jesus. Oh uh, yeah. Terrible. Oh my god. I mean, yeah, we do we do some dieting around Minnesota, um, and we were running like. I don't know, these two kids, like, these two, like, I don't know, 17-year-olds wanted to come out and hunt. So I took them out one afternoon, and, dude, they literally full shot two boxes on this pond and shot three ducks total. I didn't bring my gun because I'm like, well, we'll shoot it up quick and head out, and I can go hunt it tomorrow morning. And, uh, dude, we literally waited till, like, all the way till dark. They shot three, shot through two boxes shell. There was... They were landing in the water, which is like ten feet from where we're sitting in the standing corn. I'm like, guys, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> this is terrible. <laughs> Jeez. Like, oh my yeah. god. We've also had it, you know, where we'll be shooting. And it's just like, fuck, oh, I had a damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> if one thing people can take away from this podcast is go shoot your gun before you go with an outfitter. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, go practice. Like, you know that you're going to be either hunting out of an A-frame, a backrest, a layout blind, or a pit. Odds yeah. are, probably a backrest or an A-frame, right? Like, yeah. most most everyone's changing that way easier. So, go and, like, practice it. Just set up a freaking board in your backyard with a brick underneath it and try practicing. Stick three decoys over the top of you. Like, dude, it's not that hard. <laughs> don't get the gun stuck on a decoy. Like, I've literally had people... Uh, oh, God, this one's bad, dude. Um, <laughs> Will, my boss yeah. in Texas, he was running a hunt down there, and he had a guy that, like, so we, you know, we have our ghillie blankets, and we have people put them over our heads for, you know, real sunny days and shit, right? Yeah. Um, so he got his wrapped around his head. Well, Will calls a shot, like a 40-pack, just, like, right in the hole. It's like, oh, God. Oh, dude pulls up and he's got his freaking head net on fucking shooting <laughs> like what and then he stops and takes it off and like looks around and it's like oh no you can't be doing that like unsafe what the fuck oh my god like some people just don't like hunters don't get it you know it's yeah it's that's fun. like that's where i'm talking about all these big shoots like you gotta know when to shoot, where to shoot, and you gotta have the right shooters. It don't matter how good the shot call is. Like, yeah. there's, I don't know, crazy, crazy shit. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. You have to, like, you gotta have a group of killers, and you'll be able to throw some numbers up. But like, if you yeah. don't, you're, you're shit out of luck, I guess. Yeah, and I mean, then you have the days where the guys who are just absolute freaking sucks dude just like we had a group in arkansas two years ago and Tyler and i we shot like 80 and it was only me and calvin like who were killing anything yeah like they had one guy had a 10 gauge that you could only fit one shell in the chamber and one shell in the magazine so basically an over under side by side that we're kicking Back, like his chair was literally moved another like foot and a half at the end of the hunt from him shooting it. I was like, oh my god! And first block in the morning comes out like one pass straight into the hole. And we're just like, oh, and me and Calvin pull up and pop, 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 
in the video, those mm-hmm. dudes did not fire one shot. I was shot like 18 out. And it was like, what are you guys doing? Like, what are we doing out here? Like, why are we like we've given this field to like another group of clients who actually want to shoot their guns today? Yeah. And so we like, you know, we got pissed. We were like, what the f- like, what the hell, dude? Like, that was the best goal of the morning. Like, and we killed nothing out of it. Oh and my God. they don't have tubes, they don't have nothing. It's like, you go on a snow goose hunt, bring in a tube. If your gun doesn't cycle, don't bring yeah. like a different one. Ask someone else for something else. Don't be like, oh my gun doesn't work very well. So we'll see how she goes. Well it's like cool nine nine round extender extender, Randy. Like the fuck that can do. <laughs> oh dude. That's my that's my rant. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a that's a good topic that you can rant on. <laughs> dude, it's something else. What's something like you've seen a client bring into the field that just like so unnecessary to have or like like why do you have that we had some dude bring out binoculars when we we're snow goose hunting when i was out in south dakota and dude, he'd, yeah. he'd tell us like he's like yeah they're like 10 miles out just be ready they're coming and in south dakota we started bringing the binoculars because we couldn't tell all the geese are flying like the same height and the same flocks with less specks and snows and like if they were coming from the sun, it'd be like, oh, no, they've got to be specs. Like, they ain't making any noise. they got to be less you know? Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm like, no, shit, there's white. Get in. And <laughs> like, don't want to keep getting in and out of the pit, up and down, just for every random block. Like that. But uh, probably the most unnecessary thing, I would say, is the... Uh, I don't even know what brand they are, dude. It's got to be that Cabela's freaking redhead shit. The jacket is literally the entire size of a person laying there, like around. Like, dude, it will never be cold enough for that. Yeah. If it is, there won't be any birds. Yeah. <laughs> don't bring that jacket into the field. Uh, yeah. Some of the some of the things you or see. Ammo box. Yeah. Just a big old suitcase of an ammo box. Yeah, I mean, I bring, I bring my little dive bomb bag, yeah. blind bag, and a dry bag full of shotgun shells. And the dry bag full of shotgun shells lays right behind me, and the decoy goes over it, and that's that. Or if I'm sitting in a nay frame, I just slide that thing right inside my bucket, and all good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh shit! Not migrator hunting is a little different you're staying out there all day bring everything you got you know bring hot dogs hamburgers bring it all but out we're chasing peace dude we're only hunting for three four hours yeah oh bring your yeah. few snacks and maybe a monster or energy drink yeah. and call it good leave that jacket at home and bring another case of dog. <laughs> oh yeah and with like the ammo shortage have you guys had any People that come up and they're like, yeah, we just can't find ammo. So do you guys have anything? Um, we haven't really had anyone worried about ammo. Um, a lot of the places that I, or I guess all the places that I guide at, it's all top-notch guys. So, you know, they're buying their ammo. It don't matter how much it is. They'll, they'll have freaking shells. But you hear every single group of clients this year, oh, shotgun shells, shotgun shells. We had one group that, 
We shot 125 with them last year. And they, at the end of the hunt, they said, we didn't dump our tubes a single time. And we're like, why? I dumped it every time. Like, you're freaking insane. They're like, shotgun shells are expensive. And I was like, yeah. So it's no good. The one you could have in front of you, you might as well kill it. Uh, God. Yeah, this is something else. Something else. Some people just crack me up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, dude, we had some dude when we were out in South Dakota, like, I guess he had dementia, and he, like, couldn't walk into the field, so we, like, drove the four-wheeler in, and then you had to have, like, a guy on each side help him into his blind, and he wasn't shooting, and then all of a sudden he starts choking in the middle of the hunt, and, what? Like, oh, yeah, dude, like, it was bad, this dude's, like, 85 years old, and, holy shit, what were you, were you, did you know that? Did you know that the guy was going to be there, or were you just, like, hunting with another group of clients? Yeah, no, like, we knew, like, they told us that he had, like, dementia, and that was it. And so we're like, all right, yeah, like, it's not a big deal, we'll figure it out. So, like, we brought him out and everything, and he's just laying in his blind, and then he starts eating, and he starts choking, and we're like, what is going on, dude? Like, no, and the son's like, are you okay, Dad? Like, are you sure? He's like, no, I'm not. And he's, like, choking the shit, and his son starts beating his back. And he, like, coughs it all up, and then he starts eating again and starts choking again. And he's like, Dad, you got to stop eating. Like, this is not okay. You're going to die. Just kept choking, and he just kept eating, huh? <laughs> yeah, and then. I mean, wow, was the hunt that bad or what? <laughs> no, it was like, we good. <laughs> it was like, we. He's like, man, just take me out. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I guess he just wanted to die in a snow goose spread or something. <laughs> and uh, we brought him back to the truck when we went to go get lunch. And uh, we were like, there's like a 50-50 shot. Like, he might be dead, like, in the truck when we get back. Like, we just have to be prepared for that. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's some, some wild stuff, man. Uh, like, well, that's a good one. <laughs> I didn't hear that one. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. We had we had a group of guys this year. Um, we set up in a frozen ditch, and the ditch like, but it was like frozen mud bed ditch, you know. Yeah. And we're sitting in it, and well, we got a big dude in there, and <laughs> breaks the bucket right off the bat. Like, never watched a bucket cave in. <laughs> I was like, so. We started putting sticks underneath another bucket and, you know, putting it all on, sitting on it. And we got one guy complaining, we're trying to shoot all these geese and like, we shoot into this flock, go pick them up. And he's like sitting out of the barn. I was like, all right, what are you doing? And he's like, uh, I ain't sitting in that blind anymore. And I was like, why? He's like, it's muddier than shit. I just had to pull my feet out of the mud. And I go, you signed up for an Arkansas snow goose hunt. It's frozen right now. This is the least muddy you will ever be on an Arkansas snow goose hunt in February. Yeah. Like, you're insane. Dude walked back to the truck. I was like, I can't have you sitting out of the blind. Like, you're going to have to go back. So he went back and sat in the truck and we shot a bunch of birds the rest of the morning after he was not sitting out of the blind. Yeah. When we get back, just all chipper and happy as could be. <laughs> Oh my God. I pulled my mud out of the feet. Uh, <laughs> or out of the mud 150 more times than you have. <laughs> like, part of the game, man. Part of the game. Oh, yeah. 
And I mean, doesn't it rain a shit ton down there too? Like, um, it hurts. I don't know. It's like been different every year. So, like, I don't know. This year we got two feet snow. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Arkansas is great defense. Like you don't know what's gonna happen when you're down there. Um, and I don't know March when it's dry. You know, end of February, it's not a bad place to be. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I guess if you like being wet all the time, muddy, um, it's a good place to be in February. Yeah. But, <laughs> I don't know. Fun place. It's a great experience, but there wasn't no use there. I wouldn't go. Yeah. Oh, I hear you. And like for when you're hunting down in Arkansas and like with all that mud and everything, what's your. Like, if you had one piece of gear that you had to take in that's, like, your most useful on your hunt, what would it be? Um, I don't know, all the mud. Like, honestly, dude, a pair of bibs. Yeah. Um, but never had a pair that you can ever even unzip. Yeah. Like, that, that sick of shit is on, like, there's nothing else out there. And so, it's, you know, they obviously cornered the market there. Yeah. Like, the, the pair of bibs. But, like, dude... After seven years of them not fucking working, you think you might change it. But instead, we'll just, like, you know, keep selling it and keep calling ourselves the best when we, like, fucking go and test it for three days in average conditions. It's like, dude, you don't, they don't know shit. Like, they designed a, uh, <laughs> like, designed to get fixed. Yeah. Designed for the zippers to break. Like, what? <laughs> Dude, I run into that problem too with my Hudson bibs, and I don't even ever, hunt mud. Ever. Like, I don't. I'm rarely hunting mud, like unless it's like early season or something. And I mean, my zippers just won't go all the way down. Like they just yeah. quit working. Yeah, don't um, don't try it anymore. You'll be out six hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, and now they got yeah. the new snow goose bibs. What do you think about those? That's what I'm saying. Those are the ones that they designed to. The zipper to get fixed it's easier for them to fix them yeah like what yeah. why wouldn't you just put a fucking zipper in there <laughs> the real one. they're like oh then they won't be waterproof well it's like dude how waterproof are they right now yeah when they're freaking looks like got parachute pants on right now like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah so nothing creating than trying to put your boots on in the morning and bibs that you know, you paid an arm and a leg for, but you can't get them over the top of your fuck. Yeah. Like, well, there's a there's this cool zipper that probably you know you probably had to pay a hundred dollars for. Yeah. Um, and it don't even work. <laughs> My, like mine were super glued until I blew the crotch out of mine after sixty five hunts, maybe sixty five hunts. Jeez. Yeah, I but, saw that on your story. You blew uh, that crotch out. Did it in two pairs, back to back days, like. <laughs> I don't know if it was just getting in and out of a pit or what. It's like, okay, we call sick of customer service. They're like, well, don't go in and out of a pit. Well, it's like, okay, what the fuck else am I supposed to do? How else am I supposed to hunt? Like, they're like, oh, wash your bibs. It's like, dude, I don't even wash my own ass every day. Yeah. I'm not going to wash freaking bibs. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. They got to they gotta figure something out with the zipper, though, because it's terrible. Everybody you run into, it's the same thing. I mean, anywhere you want. <laughs> Everyone's like, these fucking sick of bibs, dude. The zipper yeah. just doesn't work. I've never had anything from them that's actually waterproof either. Yeah. 
not an extended extended time like you get that heli hands and stuff or the grunt and stuff like that's actual waterproof you yeah. know stand it but i don't know if i i feel that that company is just really just meh yeah yeah everyone rode the hype and then everyone rode the hype and now they just make average ass gear and the market's so flooded they don't take care of anyone anymore like yeah. like this right here <laughs> like don't take it freaking people like like why why would i talk good about sitka when i asked the you know my connection there i send them and they're like oh no sorry i'm not gonna deal with this like i don't want to have to deal with it i'm like dude you guys should be sending me a pair of bibs for every single <laughs> pair that i rip. do you understand i like 2500 clients will run a season and they're like oh how do you like your bibs like they fucking suck hey <laughs> They're always broken it's like hey yeah if you sent me a new pair of bibs every time that i broke them i wouldn't say that they suck i would be like yeah figure it out but i wouldn't yeah. tell every single person that yeah no these things are trash but there's no nothing else yeah. so if you want to spend six hundred dollars then go for it but like they'll probably be fine for you considering you're gonna hunt three times in the next you know four months where yeah. i'm gonna hunt you know every single day but there's nothing that can stand up to this stuff like there's nothing yeah i don't know if there's like really many people that are running more hunts than me a year um, on a normal year it'll be like i don't even know nine months of a straight hunt since like every day i'm on yeah oh exactly yeah i mean yeah it's supposed to be but there's nothing that's that's worth the shit and that that company right there is just whatever they got they think that they have three or four people that, that know anything and those people actually don't know anything yeah <laughs> so they're taking advice from people that don't know anything but um i mean people like stephen drake at sitka like if you look at their big game line like that dude right there is so so intelligent i mean he's he's a real hunter yeah. um uh he, all all the gear that he's designing like if you look at the sick and big game line it's like okay yeah dude that's freaking legit like that bino harness they got it's like mm-hmm. dude fuck yeah stupid like the other one with a freaking magnet with a zipper you can't zip like like did you even try it before you designed it like terrible and they just need something like that on the they need someone designing something that actually hunts and actually uses shit not oh you know like i'm a call maker and my name's known so now i'm gonna go and design these i was like dude why do you need them you don't use that shit yeah like it doesn't even make sense yeah i feel like they dig way more into the big game and like that's their thing is that the big game line like the big game side of sticka is fucking legit yeah but everything else the waterfowl it's like dude like everyone has a discount now you know yeah uh like they can't keep shit in stock it's like why would you not have a special stock for like like dive bomb like if you're one of the dive bomb dudes and they're sold out of canada's and you need canada's and you you know like we have a luxury because we have a company that takes care of us like that's what that's what's just so crazy. Like, Cody will figure out a way to get what we need because he's like, dude, 
like there, like there's nothing better than than dive bomb. Like, yeah. like you can hate it because it's all freaking saturated now because everyone has it. It's like, well, shit, everyone has it because it works. Like, yeah. it's badass, badass equipment, badass decoys, like actual knowledgeable designs. Like, yeah. I don't know. I mean, watch what happens in the next year with dive bomb. I mean, you guys seen some of the stuff that's been coming out, but like sick as dead dude that should that shit will be a thing of the past here very soon like yeah i don't care how good their next pair of bibs are unless they put a freaking carhartt zipper on the side a motherfucker ain't gonna buy up like and i'd be damned if they did because i wouldn't have they have done the um, stupid white ones yeah yeah like, well probably because whoever designed the white ones didn't know that oh yeah the zippers actually break when you actually use shit mm-hmm. Yeah, wear it every day yeah keep it nice like yeah yeah it's a great look when you work a nine to five and on the weekends bro yeah oh exactly yeah i mean like dive bomb i've talked to a bunch of them over there cody forrest all those guys um and yeah they just got such a great thing going on and everything they have <laughs> is just killer yeah like they don't I've got fucking do anything to the fucking minimum Oh no, that's because it's Cody running shit, man. Yeah. Cody's design stuff. Like dude, he is I've spent a lot of time with Cody. I mean his dog bred my dog and I have a pup out of that. So yeah. when we spent you know, me and Cody are damn good friends. And me and Cody were friends before business was even a thing, you know, and then it was, hey, I can help you, you help me. This is cool, but like, dude, if we like obviously hunting brought us together, but like Cody's one of those people that, I mean, he came and spent a week with me in Oregon, and I was like, yeah, dude, you do not have to be hunting to to get along with you. You know, yeah. he's just a badass person. Um, and like I said, like, he takes care of us better than you ever hear anyone getting taken care of by any company. Like, I don't know. It's definitely a damn good thing to be a part of, but it's just crazy with the, the industry of, it doesn't take very much brain you think that the people who are selling gear for you yeah. you'd want them good gear but instead yeah. you say oh we're not going to help you out um oh you need to wash your fucking bibs before you send them back in for repair and it's like okay cool and then i have to buy a new washer and dryer after too <laughs> like god it's a freaking joke oh dude yeah i'm with you on that like for you especially i mean you're running non-stop and with your following and everything like people are looking at you like oh if he's gonna wear them like i should wear it like if he's gonna be doing all this hunting and it holds up like that's a shit that i want yeah let me go in and look at that um instagram story i don't really know how to do that about that crotch blowing out of my bibs yeah the overflow of messages that i got from that was Unreal. Here, let me see the. Um, oh, there we go. Okay, so it said actions taken from this story. Um, it said there's nine thousand people, nine thousand four hundred seventy-six people who saw it. Yeah. And there was forty-eight shares, one hundred sixty-eight replies, yeah. and fourteen sticker caps. <laughs> a lot of people responding on that one and that was the second one yeah and then and i posted the day before they said ha 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 
there was 12,000 people that saw that one, and there was 1,243 replies. People said, yeah, that's pretty typical for Sitka. And it's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And I think they, like, for you, just get you a new pair of bibs. Have it no problem if you're going to be repping their stuff. I mean, you think, but I guess not. Yeah, you got you got to have the people who are you know active on Instagram and are if you're not a product tester, then they don't give a shit about you. Yeah, it's like dude, all your product testers hunt in the same state that they live in for elk for two weeks, and they like oh they shoot bows all year. Oh they they wait for archery season. It's like dude, you guys, uh, there's the whole Sitco woman tribe is kind of like you know all these real hunters and stuff and it's like yeah that's cool i mean like there's been some good designs on that stuff but yeah it's been designed from two or three people and i know those two three people like angie erickson she's she's a hunter like legit you know and then you go right down the board and it starts to fall off pretty quick um i don't know i'm not gonna really go at anyone with that shit because feelings get hurt very very easy and when you got when you're fake as shit uh it's really easy to get offended and easy for people to call you out when you have shit to hide so i don't i don't care um like obviously pretty open with shit i don't care um real i don't sugarcoat stuff and I'm blunt and people can cry about it and not like me because of it. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you, brother. I mean, you'll have guys that are, you know, trying to be all that on social media and whatnot. And it's just like, dude, relax your ego a little bit. You have, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just a weird, it's just a weird deal. People try to make it way, way more out of proportion than it needs to be. Yeah, like, I don't know. You don't have to lie to make friends, but yeah. at the same time, you know, four years ago, I was saying fake it till you make it. Make it look like you know what you're doing. But yeah. now you know what you're doing, it's pretty easy to to figure out, you know, to show that you know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, exactly. And, like, yeah, I mean, you'll run into people everywhere like that. They just, they think they're all that because they go on, you know, different guided hunts or whatnot. And, like dude you gotta figure it out or girl like well even like even guides now dude it's like you guide for one month and it doesn't even start till november and you already put i'm a fucking guide in my bio and it's like (laughs) dude who gives a shit it's not that cool (laughs) it's like yeah it's fun we get a hunt for a living and stuff but like i don't know i think in a sense that a guide and an outfitter is kind of like uh i think that you have clients who treat you really well and then have i think you have clients that treat you like you're a freaking servant you know and it's like well i'm busting my ass for these people and they could give less than two fucks you know dude the best the best quote i ever heard was on have you ever seen like the yeti presents videos on youtube yeah and the one that they do like 120 days and it's like that tarpon fishing one yeah uh the guide got his name but he's like yeah these people out here they're like 
I make a million dollars a year. You don't have to tell me shit. (laughs) You're trying to fucking, you're trying to tell him like what to do and everything that you need to get set up for. And this is where you're going to shoot and whatnot. He's like, make a million dollars a year. You ain't going to tell me shit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. We have we have some people that come out and claim like they know what the fuck they're doing. Like I had one guy that said that oh the decoys are at sixty yards and he called my boss and I was bitching to my boss that he put the decoys at sixty yards. My boss's response was No, he fucking didn't. <laughs> like no, no, obviously he didn't. He's not stupid. You yeah. would not do that. Yeah. Like and he called me and goes, Hey, how was the hunt this morning? I was like, Those guys couldn't shoot with shit. And he goes, or the birds like landing far out and i was like i don't know 35 40 like yeah. not too far but like good enough to shoot like is what it is you know landing birds but like not killing them he goes yeah well homeboy said <laughs> that he based off 60 yards three different times and i was like to the middle of the decoys or he goes no to the closest edge and i was like Dude, I'm I've been off my whole life. I'm sorry. <laughs> I've been off by about thirty yards my whole life. Uh, dude, that's just the male thing, dude. I mean, you make it bigger than it might actually be sometimes. Yeah, guess so. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's no. just something else. I bet you get like, yeah, like you're saying. I mean, I bet a lot of guys come there and they're like, oh, you need to switch this up or. I've heard a lot of things too, like people will go if they're hunting all day or whatever. Guys will run back to grab lunch quick and like the spread will be changed up when they get back. Jeez. No, I would be like, who did this? Put it back. <laughs> Stop. No, nothing worse than you call a shot and unless like I say, Hey guys, the reason I called that one like this, this that or that. If I call you know, if I call a shot, it's kinda not like I described it was going to be in the morning. Like, I'm going to, like, when I get my speech in the morning, I'm going to say, this is where the birds are going to be. This is where you're going to want to shoot. Yeah. You see that decoy right there? That's where I expect them to go. Obviously, watch the first flock. If they keep changing, I'll tell you where they're going to be. But just, like, kind of keep on, you know, where you're at. And, like, you know, we'll have guys that a flock will, like, freaking swing shot right over the top. And I go, kill them, guys. And they aren't even paying attention. They pull up and shoot straight out in front of them at no birds. It's like, dude, like, okay, yeah, that isn't exactly where I said, but it's a 30-yard swing shot right, like, at the truck visor, you know? Yeah. Like, shoot their ass. And they're like, oh, you didn't tell me they were going to be straight up. Like, <laughs> okay, sorry. I guess so. Uh, and then, like, the next flock will come in, and they'll do the same thing, and I'll let them pass. And I'll say, shoot them. They're like, well, I thought they were going to be straight up again. I'm like, I didn't say, like, they didn't say anything. I did it exactly like they were. And then we'll have another flock come by, and I won't call it, do the same thing. And they're like, well, why don't we shoot them on that time? And it's just like, stop yeah. talking to me. <laughs> Let me do my thing. Uh, we had we had a but, guy like that out in South Dakota. And he's like, well, I thought they were going to be off front. I'm like, or he's like, I don't know where to shoot anymore. Like, I can't figure it out. There's sometimes here, there's sometimes there, like, and we're yelling to, like, oh, they're up top, or, or they're out front. I'm like, dude, are you, like, can you not hear? Like, what's the problem? And he's like, I don't know, man. I just can't figure it out anymore. <laughs> like, uh, it's just something else. Gotta love it, though. Like, uh, it's, it's fun. 
fun, fun, fun. <laughs> yep, a lot of fun. Um, I was gonna say one thing, I kind of slipped it. Um, yeah. I have no idea what I was gonna say. But yeah, you got a you got a new pup, don't you? Yeah, he just barked in the background, actually playing with the with Charlie's dog. Do you train He's your own dog? Um, I trained Sage. Um, okay. it was just I'd ask for tips from people and stuff. Yeah. Um, and I'd have people help me if I couldn't get past something. But uh, six when they get home, if I ever get home, if I can ever quit hunting, <laughs> um, he's gonna go to uh, Long Hollow Retrievers in Ell- Ellensburg, Washington. Okay. Um, my buddy Blake Gibson. So I was there this summer and um brought him and kind of like introduced him to Blake and Blake's one of my like best friends. So. He's gonna. We're gonna take six to the freaking wire, dude. I mean, he's he's smarter than Sage. He's faster than Sage. He's he's just a pup, and he's already he's already got it freaking damn near dialed. He just gotta, you know. He's still a long ways, but he's he's got every bit of the instinct and every bit of right idea. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Yeah. But awesome. then again, you know, it's a male dog, and he'll be how he is right now. And then when he's a year and a half old he'll you know whatever however age he is he'll hit that freaking hard-headed spot and just say you know screw you mm-hmm. and then you know that's where that's where blake's gonna come in a lot and you know help me get through that shit with him but i think the biggest thing with a dog is a connection and you know sending your dog off or whatever but i think that like sage has never been taught anything to by anyone but me and I mean, if you've been around Sage, you can tell she's freaking, I'm, I'm the only thing she knows. And mm-hmm. she she's the most spoiled dog ever. But, um, yeah, she had pups this this spring, or this last summer and got all those around the country. Got one in Devil's Lake, North Dakota, one in Texas, uh, three in Missouri. Um, Trevor Austin has his brother, Nash, yeah. in um, Washington, and he's actually at Blake's right now. And... Blake was telling me how his training was going and stuff. And he's just like, dude, that dog is too smart for his own good. Um, we have to reel him back a little bit. And but he just said that he's like, these dogs just have this instinct that's just crazy. Like they've already like, you know, it's like they've already done it. They're just they're just in a like a teenage mode where they're just like, yeah, I know better, but I'm gonna get my way, you know. So that's where Blake Blake's lining them out. But Blake, dude, I mean. You're not gonna find any better dogs than Blake's right, right, right there. He don't sugarcoat shit. He'll tell you how it is and say, "Dude, your dog, like, we're gonna need a lot of work on this. We're gonna have to go from step one, and it doesn't matter if it's a two-year-old dog or, you know, uh, you'll have a pup that says, dude, like, you can keep spending your money on this thing, but like, he's ready to go. You, you might as well take him. Like, mm-hmm. they're like, oh no, I, it ain't really working out right now. And Blake's like, oh, okay, well, I'll keep keep training him and everything and then two months after you know that dog should have been home he's already more dialed because blake had him for two more months and and i mean that's the the thing about him is he ain't gonna be like oh yeah i got free time like i might as well just freaking run the dog for 15 minutes a day and take your money you know like he's like no dude i don't want the dog here if it doesn't need to be here yeah so take it um but yeah i don't know it's it's i feel like dog trainers and stuff it's a sketchy subject and i'm just very fortunate to have my best friend as one of them so 
that way. I know that, you know, if he says, Hey, your, your dog's being a shithead, um, how much pressure can I put on him? Say, let him have it, dude, yeah. you know? And I don't know. I mean, the, the dog world's a crazy thing because there's everything from force fetch to that are damn near choking them to death and yeah. damn near killing them to, you know, dogs that don't even get force fetched at all. And it's just all, every, every trainer's different and everything, but you know, it's hard to find your, your style and then your dog style and, um, you know, the relationship with someone and then even have it semi convenient to where you're at. Yeah. And like, I can't, dude, I don't like being away from my dogs for more than two, three days, you know? Yeah. And so I don't want to send them off. Like I'm, I'm going to live in Ellensburg this summer with Blake so I can help train six, you know, or be there the whole time when, when Blake's training him. So yeah. I just, yeah, I don't know. I think it, there's a certain sense of hands-on with your own dog and a relationship that Sage wants to go hunt, but she wants to go hunt for, she, like, she wants to go because she wants to fuck go, but she wants to, like, make me happy every time. Like, it don't matter. Like, yeah. if I get pumped up, she'll she'll do her, her Bronco buck on the way back. Like, <laughs> it's funny. She just gets pumped up about making me happy. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like you were saying, like, the dog world, man, I've seen... I've seen some trainers that will beat the shit out of them. And then your dog's just like super timid from everybody, scared to death. Yeah. Or like you'll have a really good trainer that'll do everything right or whatnot. I mean, it's just, you got to really. The best trainer that's going to be is like Blake will tell, you know, he might be like, this dog right here needs the fuck beat out of him yeah but i'm not gonna do it so like i'm not i'm not doing your dog like mm-hmm. i'm sorry but like that's what needs to happen for this dog to be able to ever listen that it needs to have its spirits broken down so far that it remembers that it's a dog again yeah and blake's like i ain't doing that shit like too much yeah. so but i don't know and then there's the the dogs that like sage like if you put any pressure on her dude she's crumbling like yeah. There's, there's no way you can't run her, you can't run a shot collar on her. You can't, if she's bringing a bird back and you get mad at her, like she's probably gonna drop the bird and like run to her blind and just sit there. Like she don't like it, you know. She, she doesn't like to be in trouble. And we're six. This new pup right here, like, dude, he'll, he'll chew my truck to the shit and I'll drag him <laughs> out of the truck and tell him, hey, fucking do that, you know. And, and he don't care. Like the second you change your voice, he's like. All good yeah <laughs> yeah he's, he's a shithead but uh, he's he's gonna be i don't know they always say you have your one dog which obviously stages that dog yeah clearly there would be no dog even close but six is i mean he's right there behind her and it's gonna be so cool having them together that it'll be like having one dog you know they'll be pretty damn similar and he has so many little quirks that are just like her yeah everything but all the pups um you know all the pups are doing well um one of them is not alive anymore got hit by a car um and i think that i think that she was going to be the best of them all um and that that's kind of like the shitty part is she was she was a bad bad dog (laughs) and she just tell when she was little she was had the mo- most spunk in her and she was the biggest and looked the most like Sage and she was a puppy and, and all that stuff. And then watching videos and stuff of her um, when she was young, 
I guess before she passed was was just like, damn, dude, that dog is gonna be fucking sweet. Yeah. Oh yeah. That was, I've talked to trainers about like how to pick dogs and stuff, and they really drill on is like if you can find a good female, um, that's like the mother, like, and mm-hmm. that's kind of what you want to look at. I mean the. The, like father is a great thing and everything but like if you really want to see what that dog is going to turn out to be like is to look at the mother and see her background that's yeah kinda... i feel like you're going to get your personality out of the mother and you're going to get the drive out of the father yeah if you have a, a male dog with a really good personality and a female dog with shit drive then like <clears throat> no personality and and shit drive and it's going to be like uh, whatever yeah but like if you have i don't know i guess from my experiences when you have a really cool female like you're saying like a really good behaved female and a fire ass male you get fucking hot rod pups yeah like you get dogs that are personable but still like i don't know i feel like we created super dogs with these ones yeah oh, six yeah. is freaking eight months old and he's freaking a foot taller than sage already <laughs> he's Freaking probably 65, 70 pounds, and stage is 45. He's a tank, dude, and he's so fast. Like, so fast. Jump just as high as stage. He just beats the shit out of her all the time. Yeah. Poor mama. Poor mama. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think, like you're saying, I mean, with dog training and just being around your dog, like, the most you can be is just a huge thing. Like yeah. I mean, it helps that Sage haunts freaking 200 times a year, yeah. so, I mean, just, like, dude, if, <laughs> I'll look at her, she'll be looking at a bird, and, like, she knows when I'm gonna call the shot, like, yeah. <laughs> every time, it's funny, like, I mean, every day I hunt her, she's always there, whether there's more dogs or not, she's always there, she's a pretty bad little bitch. Yeah, well, I can imagine, and, uh, do you do some crane hunting down in Texas as well? Um, I try to give them to Jay Hendrickson. Um, <laughs> he kills cranes better than anyone else. So yeah. um, if there's a lot of crane hunts in the afternoon or whatever, I'll go run a crane hunt. But um, it's a different bird for sure. Uh, I started to kind of really find a love for it there toward the end. But before I was just kind of like, yeah, oh, if there's a hunt to be hunted, I want to be hunting lessers and snows. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's my jam. Cranes are cool, but I don't know if there's dark goose or snow goose to be killed. Like, I want to go do it. And I how- don't give a shit about duck hunting. <laughs> oh, yeah. And how it's staged, like, the cranes? Um, She got gashed open pretty good, actually, this year. I had to get stitches. And I'm not actually sure if it's from barbed wire or if it was from a crane, but it was about the same distance that a crane beat could have smashed her in the chest but i think that also where we were hunting that fence line that day there was barbed wire so i don't know if she ran it through the grass and caught her and ripped her open from that but um she didn't like him sage sage didn't sage isn't supposed to be a hunting dog like she's gun shy her first year of my hunter in arkansas a few times and then on one day we hunted and it was really cold and I don't know if, like, a decoy smacked her in the paw or what, but she freaking took off, like, two miles in the snow and was like, fuck this, I ain't, I ain't doing it anymore. Because she was gun-shy for a whole summer, and then I had to hunt her and kind of bring her back in, and she didn't, like, even want to go pick up bumpers, and she didn't really... Yeah, she's 
she's kind of just like, dude, like, I, I understand things, but, like, I don't want to do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, I we just did it so much that she started getting happy on it. And one day, like, we went out and I started throwing bumpers for her again. And she was, like, ripping divots in the grass. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. And ever since then, it's just been, like, a turning point. She just freaking, she just burns out. Like, she hunts so fucking hard. Yeah. It's kind of weird to go back and look at like thinking i mean she was a better shed hunter than a than a goose hunter <laughs> when she was one and two years old and now she's fucking dialed like she'll you know when we're out picking up birds or whatever and like i'll be running she'll go like get a cripple bring it back drop it off at the blind and keep going and getting them and, like you'll come back at the blind and there'll be a pile of like 10 birds and like what he's just like running birds back like before we're even done shooting we already already have a bird back at the blind like she's she's dialed yeah yeah oh that's awesome i had with a dog trainer the other day in south dakota and he was like what in the hell is she doing he's like is she not bringing back to you and i was like i mean if i call her but like if i'm not calling her she just hunts like she's she she knows what's going on oh that's awesome yeah i mean i saw your uh one of your way back posts of her just stacking them up or you took a picture of she loves her stacks or whatever and i was wondering about <laughs> that yeah um i don't know i it'd be fun to go back one day and take up all because pretty much every every pile of birds that i've killed i've had stage take one picture right behind it yeah and like you know everyone now she knows that when everyone lines up if she hunted that day to go sit and sit on the left or right side whatever room, room there's more side more on and so she'll go and sit i just say stage go sit and she'll just walk right next to him and sit down like she's taking thousands of pile pictures she's just i don't know it's cool to just watch her do her thing she knows what's going on and then We'll be sitting there kind of messing around. I'll tell Sage, hey, go sit in the pile, and she'll go sit dead in the middle of it every yeah. time, like right behind it, dead in the middle. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's, I mean, dogs are such a great thing in the hunting industry. Like, I love hunting with a dog so much. I'm about to go get a new puppy probably next fall, so i kind of looking yeah. forward to that. I just, I mean, I got, I got an older dog back at my parents' place. But I'm just like, I need a dog down here with me hunting every day. I miss it too right. much. Like, Sage is really the first dog that I ever really hunted with. Um, we had, growing up, we had a dog that was my dad's, and then she passed away, and we got a new one, but she only, she didn't like to hunt that much. And so Sage is kind of like my first, I guess, try at it and stuff. But um, she... I guess I don't really know. I haven't really hunted with another dog that just stands out to. Yeah. Not that I'm saying Sage is the best, but like another dog that I really, really enjoy hunting with. Like you were saying, I enjoy hunting with dogs, but like, dude, if I don't have Sage, I'm fucking lost. And it's like, I don't know. I've ran so many hunts in the last few years that it's like, it's hard if I don't have my dog, you know? It's, oh, okay. I feel like it's a, a she's a tool that I need every day to be successful. So yeah, and I mean you're on the road so much, like having a dog right by your side for like all those lonely trips. That'd be it'd be a nice way to do it. 
Yeah, yeah, she's she's rode, rode about two hundred thousand miles on that pickup line, right in the front seat. Yeah. Oh, I can. And imagine. she's she's gotten birds, and I don't even know how many states, countries, fucking. I don't know. It'd be cool to sit down one day and pull all those piles of just her sitting behind them, and then figure out how how many birds one day she's gotten. But there's no telling now. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's a dog is definitely something that I feel like everyone needs to have at least once in their life if you're a hunter. Um just to be able to experience it. Just to have your yeah. own dog. Like just nothing else. Nothing better. I just love yeah, going out real. hunting with my dog. Like if it's just me and him, just he's just so much fun. I don't even care. Like if we shoot a bunch or whatnot, it's just having him out there and just fucking around. Yeah, they just they just can't keep fat on her <laughs> at all. So like on the cold hunts, I'll be pumped to have six. Yeah, but I'm just gonna try to keep her alive as long as I can. So I'm gonna try to take a lot of stress off her. Yeah. Well, that'll be I'm, nice. Won't, I won't breed her again. I'll just breed six. Um, freaking puppy mill his ass and yeah. get him as many and as many dogs as as we can because that's a cool cool bloodline. I haven't really met too many people that don't like that don't like Sage. I know, yeah. know a few people that don't like Six because he's a little asshole, but <laughs> you know he'll grow out of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I've watched some of your videos of Sage chasing him down from way out, and I'm just like, yeah, that's fucking sweet. Yeah, she got one the other day. I don't even know how far. Fuck, dude, she's they're starting to fade into one now, but she's got so many freaking long ass retrieves. It's just like. I'm sitting there watching, and the flock will fly away, and you watch one bird, you say, Mark, and she'll watch it fall. And you're like, all right, back, and fucking she'll be gone for six, seven minutes, and come back over the hill, and the clients are just shitting themselves. Like, what the hell? <laughs> uh, do you ever have, like, clients bring their dogs? Yeah. <laughs> it's a... Kind of. Yeah. Like, if it's their own group, I do, but I say that if you can't hunt with my dog, then, like, I'm sorry about what we killed today. You know, I can't promise anything if I'm not running my dog how I want to run my dog. Yeah. You know, you can't you can't land these. I'm not hunting in places where these birds are dumb enough to be able to land with dead ones in the decoys. Yeah. Like, fuck, dude, if your silhouettes are spinning, going flesh flashing, like, they won't even come. Yeah, You're like all right, and then snow geese, like, dude, it's a it's a rat race. We shoot sixty birds out of a rain out, and you have to go pick them all up at once. Like, kids, <laughs> go as fast as you can. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I feel like if you're a guide and you already have your own dog, that's a touchy subject on bringing a client's dog out because you just don't know. Like, yeah, I mean, if there's two groups, it's like no, fuck no. Yeah. Not a chance. You're not bringing your dog because I'm not hearing about how shitty your dog was all day. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I've hunted with a lot of dog trainers and stuff, and there's usually the ones who run their dogs. Then we had a guy in Arkansas that fucking his dog grabbed six by the head and started shaking him. I'm like over a goose, and it was like, dude, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, how do you live with your dog being like that? Like, yeah. I don't know, man. I mean, I got, obviously I got lucky with these two, but like. I don't know. I know a lot of people that like uh, their dog tells a lot about themselves, you yeah. know, 
Oh, you don't have to have a special dog to have a dog that fucking listens. You just have to have some brains on how to train it and the willpower and want to yeah. do it. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. That's when people buy dogs and don't take care of them right. And... Yeah, and you got to keep up with training your dog in the off season and whatnot. And if people just don't want to do that, I mean, your dog is just going to, like, forget that yeah. muscle memory. Like, for the guys that yeah. are only hunting so many times a year. You gotta keep your dog yeah, exactly. Like, I just burned Sage out for a week right before season and let her fucking chill out all summer and be happy. And yeah, we don't. I mean, I don't want to go and freaking train a dog all day. Like, she don't want to go train. She just fucking did it all year. You know, yeah. <laughs> this is our off season, and obviously, like you said, you know, off season's longer than season for most people, but for us, it's the opposite. So we're taking our three months to fucking chill and I'll just burn her out for a week right before she'll lose all of her fat and yeah. be back in fucking mid-season shape by week two. Oh, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, I mean, you're a whole different scenario. You're hunting all year round. You're chasing them from state to state. And, like, you don't need to keep your dog, your dog in tune all year round because you're hunting so great. much. Like, yep. Things, but, yeah. One cool thing about it is figuring out how much food they go through. Yeah. Well, I can imagine. Good lord. That's a pound a day between the two of them. <laughs> Jesus. Just fucking getting dialed. <laughs> well, six is big. He, that's his favorite thing in the world is eating. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Never really have that problem too much with labs, but Sage don't. She ain't she ain't a crazy food food dog, that's for sure. She's yeah. about the sweetest little girl you could have. Well, that's awesome, dude. Yeah, and I mean, uh gotta wrap things up here because I gotta jump on another um, podcast uh, matter, actually. Um sweet. But before we kinda wrap things up, I mean, is there anything else that you'd wanna dig into? We we covered a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, um, I don't know, I guess um no not really and funny thing would be uh, i posted a picture on instagram today said king gizzard and the lizard wizard talking about charlie dude i don't know how many chicken chicken gizzards that kid ate in arkansas but like (laughs) obviously an unhealthy amount (laughs) yeah i don't know the the food on the road is gonna be nice to get back we went to a to a popular spot here for us um in the town we're standing right now and got our old classic burgers and beers last night and it was just like holy shit dude you don't understand how good this is and everyone's like what do you mean i'm like i'm sorry i have barbecue sauce dripping down my mustache and like i'm just covered in meat like freaking ketchup and (laughs) like dude uh back to the real world No, I think that I think that there's a a few select people that actually understand the guide life, and I think that um I don't even I haven't even experienced it, and I guarantee your ass fucking on a lot more than just about every other person who says guide in their bio. Um, not saying I'm the best by any means, but trying to get there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I like I think that. Um, if I'm still learning shit every day, you should probably, um, look back at what you've accomplished, you know, and, and, uh, kind of figure out the pecking order. Um, 
I don't know. I like the fake it till you make it thing, but like, shit, dude, that chick was talking about all of her snow goose hunts that she goes and sets decoys on and stuff. And it's like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even have a fucking decoy. Yeah. You don't have an e caller. Like, you're not, you can't call yourself a fucking snow goose hunter when you don't even own an e caller. Yeah. And then, like, first off, okay, yeah, I'll go buy an e caller. Which e caller do I buy? You don't fucking know. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, go buy your e caller. Go buy the cheap one. See how good that gets you. Like, I don't know, man. I think that um, podcasts are a good thing. And I think that they're a great way for people to, I don't know, prove themselves if that's what it is out there for. But at the same time, I think that anyone who's just going to go out there and defend themselves the whole time about, oh, I do this and I do that. And just, you know, the, the people that are eager to tell you about what they do, you're usually the ones that, you know, are, are trying to get there and they're, you know, faking it till you make it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think you said that right on the head. Um, defending yourself constantly. It's like, dude, if you're going to be doing this all the time and you're going to actually if you, be like grinding. If you have to post, if you have to post that you grind, you probably don't fucking grind. <laughs> if you grind, you, you, you want to talk about, man, it'd be nice to not have to grind, not brag about how much you grind. Like, yeah. shut up. You don't know grind. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And like for the podcast or, I mean, what I do, I just try to hear stories of like people all around the country and kind of hear what they do and try to pick on, I mean, who really like shows themselves that they are doing what they're doing. Like, yeah. you just gotta figure out. My, excuse my language here, but my roommate in Texas, uh, he's got a good one going on. Um, you know, like Nick Costas and Bryant, they got their deals and all that, you know, um, that's what they're kind of saying is their deal. Well, um, my roommate Lee McCollum in Texas, you know, he'll ask you a question, sit there and you'll talk about it and he'll literally look at you. And like I said, excuse my language and say, you don't fucking know. And you just sit there dude, and you're just like, fuck man, you're right. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and if you're, if you're going to sit out there, I mean, there's a, I don't think anyone goes and limits every single day of the season. So I don't think that anyone should really be bragging about how good they are, especially when, when you haven't even hunted with the best people that the best in the world, you know, the people who kill the most birds, you haven't even hunted with them. You can't, I don't know. I got that luxury, um, this last year and it really opened up a new, um, I guess vision into my eyes of, the world of killers you know yeah. <laughs> run with some good people but there's there's a different fucking level there's there's killers and then there's fucking killers yeah oh exactly yeah, and gonna... there's there's people that claim to be a killer that are that are far from a fucking peasant yeah oh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm sorry you could you couldn't even go jump shoot a snow goose i'm sorry <laughs> Oh god, dude! I gotta love that. Uh, Jump shooting snow geese—that's too good. (laughs) Well, Uh, I don't know. That was a good one, man. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm gonna hop off here. We're about to hit the road again, so So go shoot them up on your fun hunts and uh, let me know how you do. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, I'll talk to you. See ya. All right, see ya.
And that wraps things up today for Living the Guide Life episode with Trevor Bennett. And we dig into it all, man. We dig into dogs. We dig into, I mean, his time everywhere in the country and hunting um, some of the Slade Northwest stuff he was a part of, 45 Seconds for Glory, and some of the stuff that's been happening on Instagram. I'm sure you guys have seen it. And just kind of dig into that a little bit on what's been going on. Um, so I hope you guys really enjoyed this one. It was fun to chat with Trevor. Great dude. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy this.